daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Eat women, eat girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Welcome to this week's episode of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation, both designed to help fund women. And that's what we are all about. And today, so is my guest. She is amazing. She's had a great career in equity funding. And uh, we're going to talk about that as well as she's the author of Meet 100 People. Please welcome to the show, Pat Headley. Hi, Pat. Hello, Catherine. How are you? I'm great. Uh, you're coming to us from Connecticut today, right? Yes, indeed. Very yes. cold Connecticut. Yes. The, the beauty of Zoom. We can talk to people all over the country, all over the world. Uh, I kind of love that. Although I, I prefer in person, but this is the next best thing, right? I agree. I am yeah. very much with you. It's the next best thing to IRL. <laughs> right, right. Um, so uh, I want to talk about your incredible journey into the funding world, uh, because there's not a lot of women in uh, equity funding or venture capital. And, and so I want to talk about how you got into that, because it was really at a time when women weren't in that space. So really interesting. I know you uh, your parents came here as immigrants, right? Yes, they did. Yes, they were both immigrants from Hungary. They met here. Um, they, my mom started her own business eventually with all the obstacles that you can imagine somebody who um, came to the country without any uh, knowledge of the language might have. Uh, and and add to that, a woman, hello. <laughs> a woman. That, exactly, a woman- what, 50 years ago? Yeah. Yes, a woman with an accent. So if anything, she was memorable. But I will tell you the one thing that she taught me very early on was the value of persistence and resilience. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I also must say that she inspired me to be somewhat fearless because she always said, that, you know, why not? Why not try something? Don't be afraid of yourself. Except uh, the accent, I think we had the same mother. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but it made all the world of a difference yeah. to have that influence at an early age. And interestingly enough, I was a very shy child. And some of what she encouraged me to do was terrifying. But um, that's the way you grow by doing things that may not be in your comfort zone. You know, I don't know about you, but I always think it makes life more exciting, you know, to do something that makes you a little fearful. You walk through it, you get to the other side and it's exhilarating. So, you know, I think that's why we do it. Right. I, I, honestly, I completely agree with you. I don't think I would have said that when I was very young, but now I would say that there is real joy in trying something new and, 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 you know, feeling a little bit uncomfortable from time to time, but growing and feeling, you know, getting that sense of satisfaction when you've accomplished something harder than you thought you could do. 
Exactly. And I think when women, uh, and because we're speaking really to women on this show, get over 40 or 50, um, they do get a little more fearless, kind of like, well, what have I got to lose? You know, and that's a good thing that comes with age, I think. It is Um, a good thing. And I tell you that mentality of what do I got to lose? Or, you know what, this isn't so very important to me where it will devastate me if it doesn't work actually gives you confidence and bravado that, um, you know, that is positive. It's a, it's a good thing to try something where you're not worried about, you know, so-called failure. Right. So you had shared with me that you were born in New Jersey. And then um, after you graduated from uh, college, um, that you ended up working for um, a small family office uh, regarding uh, equity uh, funding. Sure. Now, Um, some of our uh, listeners may not know what a family office is. So let's start with that. Sure. And, and, I'll, and I'll just give you a, a slight modification of that. So after college, I ended up working for a consulting firm. Um, and I did that because I liked solving business problems and wanted to travel. And then I went to business school and it was very serendipitous that I had this opportunity to work for what is called a family office. Uh, in fact, um, I had already taken a job at an investment bank and I was going to cancel my interview with wow. this company. And I went in person to do it because this was a while ago, there was no email or text that you could say, sorry, I already have a job. So I showed up and uh, politely said that, you know, I have taken on another opportunity. And they said, no, come talk to us anyway. And I ended up talking to them for a long time. I ended up fulfilling my commitment for the summer to my original job, but they said, you have an extra couple of weeks work for us. And I was open-minded and I needed the money at the time. And I said, yes. And I and I worked for them part time my second year when I was uh, pursuing my MBA, and I ended up working for them for thirty years. And I think there are a lot of lessons even in that one experience. One is be open minded, have a conversation with somebody, even if the answer that you're giving them is no. And no doesn't mean no forever. No means no with these constraints. And they were open minded enough to continue the conversation, and for whatever reason it worked and it clicked. Um, I think one reason was, is I felt no pressure. I I wasn't seeking the job um, and therefore I could be myself. And and we had great conversations. And to this day, I, you know, the people that I met with are people I respect and admire incredibly deeply. And again, I'm going to circle back to how interesting they were pursuing you, a woman for working with their equity company, because it was so taboo back then to have women in that space still is oh my gosh the decision makers in the funding vc world are like uh eight percent it's really pathetic we need more women decision makers in that space but the cool story that i want everyone to know is that this uh small family office ended up being this multi-billion dollar global equity firm that you grew with into being a partner over 30 years. Your story is incredible. So I wanted to explain the whole big picture of what happened to your life on this trajectory. Um, And then I want to get back to, before we move on, you having you explain to people what a family office is. Sure. Well, let's start with that right away. Um, Very wealthy, high net worth individuals sometimes hire on people to help them manage their money. 
It's as simple as that. So they find other people who may have expertise and those people look for investment opportunities. Those investment opportunities can be fairly broad based. Some people like to invest in real estate. Other people like to invest in private companies and that's called private equity. Other people like to invest in public companies. But sometimes when you've amassed wealth and many founders who've sold big businesses have done so, um, create their own little organization to help them manage that. And it was that small firm that I happened to have had the incredible luck and fortune to have come across and, uh, and met people who were, who were just starting it. So in a way, I, I joined a startup and, and I did take a risk in joining that startup because it was a small firm. There were only 25 people at the time. Um, but I was excited about the opportunity to invest. And, and honestly, the reason they selected me, and I do think they were open-minded, uh, I don't know if they were particularly looking for a, a female person or not, but I had uh, studied computer science when I was in college. And I studied computer science um, at the same place that one of the people there had studied. And so I think, you know, there was that affinity, somebody who kind of understood my background and, and we were investing in software and services companies. So that background was relevant and, and important to the work that we were doing. And let me stop you for one second and just say, I love what you just said. And that was that you got hired for your expertise, your mind, your thinking, not because you are a woman, but the point is so many women have those abilities and should be hired to be decision makers at these venture capital firms, private equity firms, you know, um, but uh, so they, they didn't hire you because you were a woman, they hired you because you were the best candidate. And I love that. Yeah, I think so. I think it was not just the fact that um, I understood the industry to some degree, but I also think the other thing that a lot of people solve for in hiring people is curiosity, again, resilience, and a desire to learn. And I, I do think that that was part of the equation too. And now, you know, after many years of having hired people and, and been part of hiring processes, I think those qualities are very important important qualities, um, you know, finding people who, even if they don't know what they're going into, have the drive to spend the time and effort to figure it out. There's real value in finding people like that. And there's real value in becoming a person like that because, right. you know, you, anybody can follow what is of interest to them and go deep and really learn and understand, um, you know, what there might be to know. Right. And, you know, when you started there, how would you know they'd end up being a multi-billion dollar global company? Uh, there's no way to know that. But great place for some people to start would be family offices like you just talked about. And I was having lunch the other day with an entrepreneur friend who had gotten quite a bit of funding from family offices. So this is something for entrepreneurs to know that this is something they can seek out is funding from these family offices who are looking for something in whatever vertical that they're, you know, behind. Uh, so, you know, obviously when people are looking for funding, they have to align with a entity that gets behind whatever it is, whatever vertical they're in, not just any angel investor, not just any family office, not just any venture capital fund, but one that really 
specializes in whatever it is they're doing, like you said, whether it's software or retail or whatever. There's such huge value to being thoughtful about who is your investor, your capital partner, because look, money is money. But what you want more than just an investment or a check is you'd love to get expertise. You know, if you're a healthcare company, you'd love somebody who really understands that space very well, not just understands it to give you advice, but even more importantly, and something I think is incredibly valuable is their willing to let them tap into your network because the network, the access to resources is something that is of critical importance to anybody building a business. And to get from A to Z without going through every single letter along the way is hugely valuable. So, you know, if I can introduce you to somebody who is exactly the person that you need, either as an investor or somebody that you might want to hire or as a strategic partner or as a client, that's that's real money. That's the investment that an investor should bring to the table, not just the check that they write. Right. The contacts, the introductions, everything. Uh, you know, and it is interesting uh, in this investment world, it is a small world and it's like uh, everybody seems to know each other and they know, you know, I'm, I'm learning that, you know, if somebody has a food product, well, then these are your best bet. And if somebody has a software product, well, then you should go in this direction and contact these people. It really is all about who you know. So I'm going to get to your book, uh, uh, Meet 100 People. Uh, tell me about that. Where can people get it? Why did you write it? Let's talk about that book. Sure. Well, very quickly, meet100people.com is where people can get it. If they'd like a paperback version for a Kindle version, please go to Amazon and it's meet100people.com. I wrote the book a little bit more than four years ago for three reasons. I wrote the book because it was advice I wish I had had when I was first starting out. My parents were immigrants. They were not well networked. There was so much that we as a family didn't know we didn't know. I mean, it was like beyond the category of what we understood. And it was, you know, for me, when I started, you know, my job, it was a slow process. It was an apprenticeship type role. So I got to observe people who were very good at building networks and meeting other people and finding opportunities. Um, And I wish someone had told me early in my career that, you know what, this is the key, one of the most important keys to your success. And so that's motivation number one. It's really paying it forward and giving back. The second motivation is I do have three adult children. They're all beyond their first jobs. I've seen firsthand what they've gone through. And I talk to many young people um, who are going either in, you know, studying or thinking about their careers. And I see that a lot of these people don't have the skill set. It hasn't been honed and developed. It's certainly not taught in schools. And so my book is a very tactical guide. It just doesn't tell you that it's important. It certainly does that and why you should do it. It tells you how to do it. Mm. And everyone assumes you know how to do this. But in fact, you need to figure out and, and, and do certain things to make you effective. And the third reason was that even after a 30-year career in global private equity and what one might argue is an incredible network, I had to build a new one. 
I had to start in order to find new opportunities for myself to invest in incredible companies. I had to be proactive and build another network and meet a ton of people. And so you're not limited at any point in your life or your career stage by, um, you know, by not building that network. You, you have to be proactive. You have to be consistent. And my main goal in the book was to reframe networking. I mean, networking has a little bit of a bad name. It has it kind of a sticky feel from time yeah. to time. People hate that word. I, I, it's I, a bad I word say, in a way. Maybe and, we should just say connecting, you know. Honestly, connecting is is a much better term. Building relationships is what it's really about. And it's not just to get something. It really is not just for professional advancement, even though I think it's foundational for that. Mm -hmm. It's also for personal growth. Because when you meet new people and you have conversations, you're learning and you're sharing. And in that process... I strongly believe magic happens. Everybody has a treasure. And the goal is to find that treasure. And you you and I speak the same language. Like, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think uh, it shouldn't be a chore. It should be like something you look forward to. Because uh, I know in my world, as I meet people like you every day, um, I am just fascinated by their stories, by what they're doing, that I learn from them. I mean, you really get a a rush when you meet somebody new and fascinating. And uh, that's the way people should look at it. Not like a chore, but like an an opportunity to learn and get excited about uh, just uh, being in someone else's uh, world and learning about about them, like your in- incredible story that we're sharing today. I mean, you know, when you meet people out typically at a, an event or just, you know, somewhere, uh, you don't touch the tip of the iceberg usually. Hi, how you doing? You know, that's why people think they don't like networking. I think this is why. They'll go to an event. It's like, hey, how you doing? How are you? And they're touching the surface. But when they really have a opportunity to go one-on-one and get to know someone's background, it's usually always really interesting, right? Everybody has an interesting story. Um, And so uh, I think that I love what you're saying in this book. It's important uh, that people not make it a chore, but make it like an exciting opportunity, a fascinating uh, choice that, because it's also good to know so many different people so you can put them with other people. I always say connecting people together. That's where I think the magic happens it, nothing is, I got a call yesterday. Someone said, Oh my God, you introduced me to this person and it's going to grow my business significantly. And who doesn't get excited about that? So, and that I always say, the best thing about connecting Judy, right, is that, I mean, Pat, sorry, the best thing about connecting Pat is that it's free, right? It is. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. Uh, and and look, becoming a connector is another strong motivation to meeting many people and thinking out of the box where you can take the various people that you've met and see where they might be of value to one another. To me, that is giving somebody, those two people, a gift. And the more gifts you give, honestly, 
first of all, it, it is a wonderful and good thing to do, but I also believe that it circles back around. Other people give those gifts as well. And I am very willing to connect people. I, I love when I can do that. It does give me great joy. And I've been the recipient of unbelievable connections throughout the course of my life. And speaking you know, people, of that, the reason I said Judy is that's who connected us. That is who connected us. Yes. And she is a very yes. generous, incredible woman who I have not yet met in real life. And yet I can call her my friend. And she does a couple of things incredibly wonderfully. And this is an important lesson for all of us is she keeps in touch. She sends notes, she sends texts of things that she thinks might be of interest yes. to me and to another woman. We have like this little group of three of us. And, and you know what, it keeps the dialogue going. And I think one of the things that people struggle with is that once you've met someone amazing, how do you keep it going? And it's like planting a seed in the ground and leaving it alone if you don't do anything. But right. if you plant that seed in the ground and you continue to water it, it blossoms and grows. And Judy is just remarkable at having grown this friendship that, that um, she and I share. And I know she shares with dozens upon dozens of other people because she's unbelievably generous and wonderful that way. Yes. And, and she also has the best LinkedIn post. I got to give Judy Robinette a sh shout out about that. She, she does. Always, she's amazing. She's all posted what's going on in the women venture world, women funding world, women empowerment world. She's great about that. She but is great. And one other thing I'd love to comment on, Catherine, that you mentioned, because I think this comes up often with people and it causes the misconceptions around networking. The problem with conferences and large groups is that most people go into it thinking they have to meet 10, 15, 100 people all at once. And it uh, then gives them permission almost to be very surface level. So they just collect business cards or they just say hello to people. And I would challenge people to totally turn that upside down. And when you go to a conference, meet three people, but really meet three people that you ask questions of like, tell me about yourself and listen to their stories. Yes. Because if you come away from a conference and you've met two or three people, that conference is an enormous success. And it is much more successful than one where you meet 100 and you never talk to them again. If you meet three and you've developed relationships and you're going to follow up and you're going to have conversations and there's value that accretes and develops over time, that is a success. So people, you know, kind of have to reframe this numbers orientation of I have, despite the fact that I say meet 100 people, I don't say meet them all today. Don't meet I, them all at one conference. <laughs> not at one conference. You need, you need to meet a large number of people, but you should spread it over time. And the reason I picked 100 to have a lofty goal is that, you know, you understand that it's not just three people and you're done, but it's a cadence, it's an, a commitment. It is like, I like to use the analogy of exercise, right? If you go and you spend three hours or 10 hours one day exercising, you're not gonna get in shape, you're gonna get exhausted right. and discouraged. But if you spend 20 minutes, three times a week exercising over a three month period, I promise you, you'll get in shape. You won't notice it the first two, three weeks or fourth right. week, 
but you will get in shape. And it's the same with networking and building relationships. If you meet two or three people a week and you develop relationships over time and continue to meet new people, you will develop a network and you will gain confidence. You will learn about life. You will be, I love to use this term, your own journalist on life. Because how do you learn about the world? Either you read it in the newspaper, you watch something in the media, or you talk to people. Yes. And people are firsthand. They're the ones kind of on the ground. And I love getting life experiences from people because they've lived it. They've had a totally different experience than I might have had. And that's hugely valuable if you look at it the right way. Absolutely. And it's one of the reasons I love doing the podcast. I love uh, getting to know people's stories that I probably otherwise wouldn't uh, get to learn about, um, you know, if they're not in my sphere, if they're not in my town or whatever. Right. So it's a, it's a beautiful opportunity. That was really a golden nugget that you shared. So thank you for that. Now, you are actually an angel investor yourself. Uh, I know 50% of the companies you said you've invested in have been led by women, which yes. is great because, you know, I'm always saying we need more female angel investors. It's something I say every week on the show because I really want to perpetuate that thinking that uh, women should get outside the box of just investing in the regular stock market and uh, bonds and real estate, but step over here into the angel investing world that's very exciting. They're going to learn about innovative uh, opportunities to invest in. It can be very lucrative. Let's talk a little bit about that, why you're an angel investor and maybe who you've invested in. Sure. I'm happy to share a little bit on that. So since I, I left my firm about six years ago, I've made investments in over a dozen companies and more than half of them are led by women. And I'm extremely proud of that and excited by that. Um, I'm a huge supporter of female entrepreneurs. Uh, one of the things that I've done, which actually has opened up a wonderful network for me, is I was the, one of the national judges for EY's Winning Women program. Right, Ernst & Young's uh, Winning Women Pitch Fest, right? It's an incredible program. It's going to, they're going to open up for applicants again in March. I encourage those whose companies are, you know, a little bit farther along to consider and to join it. Um, it and you just introduced me to one of the winners of that pitch fest, uh, Fran over at Tomboy X. We had a yes. great conversation yesterday. What a fascinating story. I I'm love it. Right. Having her on the podcast. Thanks to you. Yes. Yes. She is fantastic. And I met her through Winning Women. Um, I encourage, you know, your listeners to go online and look up Winning Women, EY Winning Women. Um, you know, I, I met three of the women that I have backed through that program. Uh, and what's interesting is once you start this process, once you start meeting people and talking to people and talking to entrepreneurs, yeah. they will introduce you to others. It goes back to the value of networking because yeah. that's, you know, that that's a large part of, of, of how you do this. In fact, EY runs an incredible program for the winners of both their um, regional entrepreneur of the year program, as well as winning women. And it was at that event, I met a young woman. And as a result of her, I invested not only in her company, but two other companies. So wow. right there, one event, you know, I, I didn't meet those other winning women necessarily at that event, but all of a sudden you find people who are the ones that you'd like to back. 
Um, Can you tell us about somebody that you did invest in that you're proud sure. of their success? Sure. I can tell you about the three winning women that I invested in. One of them is Alyssa Beyer. She runs a company called Milk and Honey um, based out of Austin, Texas. They have incredible products, very natural skincare products, and they also have spas in Texas. And they just opened their Brentwood, California facility not too long ago. And if you haven't been I highly encourage you. I actually did visit California this summer and I got to go and to check it out. And she's amazing. And these spas are beautiful. And, you know, a little self-care goes a long way. So I'm very proud of her and her company. I'm also an investor in a company called Hint Water. Hint is a, um, I will show you because I have it right at my desk. These are Hint Waters. Yes, very familiar with that just water with a hint of a natural flavor, no sugar. And I'm, I'm a big believer in health and wellness. There are certain things in life that you can't control. And there are many things that you can control. And what you put in your body is something that you can control. And I, you know, I believe in healthy living and, and trying to, you know, consume things that are, are, are good for you. And the third company that I invested in is a company called Little Passports. It marries my interest in education and technology. They provide a subscription product for parents of younger children, educating them on a number of topics, a lot of it on geography and also um, the sciences. Incredible products, wonderful gifts. It's a subscription gift. So it's a, you know, it's not just having your child on an iPad and I don't, think there's anything wrong with that. Um, we certainly should have technical capabilities, but this gives them a little bit more tactile way of engaging and learning. And um, that's called Little Passports. Little Passports. Super Very proud. cool. I'm going to check that out for okay. our grandchildren. Yes, there you go. Uh, so those are those are three, uh, you know, offhand. I encourage anybody to, you know, come visit me on LinkedIn. Um, Pat Headley, you know, is my name. I list all the companies I've invested in and I post from time to time on, on the topic of networking. In fact, um, one of my posts just went up. Uh, I, uh, spoke with a, an incredible woman, um, and we published on Forbes.com just last week on the oh, topic of female great. entrepreneurship and networking. So I encourage you to, to check, check that out. That as well. out. Great. So, um, they can find, uh, meet100people.com for the book and they can find you pat headley that's h-e-a-d-l-e-y h-e-d h-e-d h-e-d-l-e-y okay good thanks for correcting me Uh, so they can find you on linkedin beautiful um what about social media other than that I do um, post to Instagram from time to time for meet 100 people. And those are really my platforms. LinkedIn is probably the one that I'm most active on. I love LinkedIn. It's such great uh, business network. And uh, I agree. I mean, I have always been a fan of LinkedIn, even since the early days. I have this belief that, you know, somebody who is with me or, or I should not keep track of where people work everybody should keep track of where they work and changes. And if there's a platform where that is up to date and is available for me, oh my gosh, that's so helpful. And frankly, I use it as an incredible research tool. Before I meet someone new, the first place I go is LinkedIn. 
just to learn a little bit about their background, to see if we have any shared connections, because that's hugely valuable. It's great if, you know, you and I know someone in common. Now yes. we have a couple of people in common, and I'm sure that will increase over time. But that's, that's usually very helpful. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pat, so much for sharing your story, your incredible wisdom, and uh, just look forward to continuing to see what exciting things you do. Um, and I'm going to follow you. Um, and we hope that everybody will follow us, Catherine Gray, invest in her on Instagram, as well as our She Angel Investors on all the social media platforms. And uh, of course, come to our website, sheangelinvestors.com, where you can find everything we're doing, including e-courses on how to find funding. So Pat, thank you again. Have a fantastic week. Everybody remember to invest in another woman, invest in her. Take care and have a great week. Thank you. Remember, if you're looking to launch a business or grow your business, check out our e-course, Six Ways to Fund Your Business, available at sheangelinvestors.com. Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.